Hey, welcome to episode 14 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Stephen Stiles. And before we get going this week, I want to give a huge thank you to Michael Farber for his discussion regarding So Quick the Judge. It looks like everybody wants to make snap decisions and throw 18-year-olds under the bus and in trash cans before they even get a chance to begin their careers, which is just absolutely insane. We're talking about some kids that will go to Lavelle. We'll talk about some kids that are going back to their juniors. It's just incredible that people want to pass that kind of judgment on an 18-year-old kid who's just starting their career. And these people that want to do that have absolutely no idea what this person's skills actually are and haven't even been given them a chance. If that's not the definition of instant gratification and how badly that needs to be eliminated from society, I'm not sure what is. But with that, let's get into the exciting things that await us as this preseason comes to a conclusion with Game 8 on Saturday. And the preseason has been interesting, to say the least, as the Canadians are likely to go 0-8, which brings us into the regular season. So Martin St. Louis has been really giving the rookies a serious, real opportunity for once and for the first time in a long time as a coach, which has been absolutely great to see that these kids are actually not coming into training camp with the idea of having an opportunity to make the team and all the decisions have already been made and who's going to be on the team. So that has been incredibly refreshing from a coach. Also, the great communications between coaches and actually working with the players, the players working not only with the coaching staff, but the development staff, and just getting lots of intense one-on-one or group or combination trainings. I think in the long term, you're going to see a very Tampa-like philosophy with this team, and I think that's one of the things that's made Tampa so good. And of course, Martin St. Louis finished his career with Tampa, so that certainly makes sense that that would have a lot of influence on potential ideas that he has. Regarding the rookies that have looked good or most likely won't make the team, I know a lot of people are really high and hot on Caden Gooley, and he has looked really good. There's been some games that he's looked like he's already been a pro for seasons. I believe that there's two players that are going to come out of the preseason and actually make the roster opening night moving forward. I think those two players are actually Arbor Jackai and Yaroslav Slavkowski. And with Slavkowski, I think he's going to play the initial nine games. I think he's going to end up getting sent down, and I think he'll return after the trade deadline has completed. Most likely on that day, probably, because of all the roster spots and the opportunities that that's going to open. And I think that plays critical into Slavkowski's success early on in his career is he's got to be able to play a lot of minutes. And as many people have said and reported over the summer, the Canadians just have a log jam of forwards. So it really wouldn't be fair to put Slavkowski on anything but line one or two. If you're not going to give him top six minutes, it's just detrimental to his career. And I would say he'd have a much better opportunity in Laval in the interim between the amount of players that exist now and the potential amount of players that could either be traded throughout the season or at the trade deadline. One of the great positions of flexibility for this season is going to be Montreal has six centers. Nick Suzuki, Kirby Doc, Sean Monaghan, Christian Dvorak, Rem Pitlick, and Jake Evans. I personally see by the end of the year those four being Suzuki, Doc, Monaghan, and Pitlick, to be honest with you. 
Monahan potentially could be amongst the players that are traded. We'll get back to that in a little bit. And if he is, then obviously Jake Evans would probably be the other center as well. But four centers with Suzuki, Doc, Monahan, and Pitlick, or Suzuki, Doc, Pitlick, and Evans is still better than what Montreal had last year and is better than a fair amount of teams in the league as far as depth. For those that like to have a theme for a team or a slogan for a team during the season, I think this year's theme is going to be the season of guess who. I think you're going to see so many rotational movements on the roster. I think you're going to see some lines set pretty early, and other lines I think you're going to see just constant combination changes. Will that be good? It'll certainly be entertaining. I think the Canadians will score more goals this year than they did last year. I think the defense is the great unknown. I think goaltending looks like a complete disaster right now, which we'll talk about more in a little bit. Defensively, I think Mike Matheson is going to be the star of the defense, and some people might be scared to death about that, but I think he has a lot more to offer than a lot of people realize, and it finally seems towards the end of training camp that Matheson has gotten the respect or response that he should have gotten from the outset rather than people guessing or trying to figure out, oh, he's not going to be that great. He's just a uh, average player at best. I think his skating is certainly above average. I think his transitional game is better than anything Montreal's had in a while, to say the least. And I think he's going to be pivotal to the Canadians' success of being able to move the puck out of their own end zone this year and will probably, out of all defensemen, play the most minutes on a nightly basis, most likely. Here's a prediction I think most people think I've lost my mind on. I think your starting six defensemen, honestly, are going to be Matheson, Weidman, Schumerman, Leskinen, Savard, and Jackeye. I think is going to be the starting six defenseman. I think you have a couple of older players that are new to the roster in, in Schumerman and Leskinen. I think you have veterans such as Matheson, Savard, and Weidman. And I think you have the physical presence and much-needed element of Arbor Jackeye. And I don't think Arbor Jackeye is going to be a here-and-there player. I think he's going to be an everyday, every-game player. I think there's a significant chance that Arbor Jackeye plays all 82 games. He can skate. He can hit. He can move the puck. Is he an offensive uh, defenseman like Chris Letang? Not even close, but that's not his game. And I think he brings an element to the roster that has been missed for a long time. I think he has absolutely no hesitation that his players, his teammates, and his team are number one, period. And he doesn't seem to be that kind of player, though he has the physical abilities. He doesn't seem to be that player that's going to take those stupid penalties and put the Canadians in a power play deficit throughout games either. He doesn't look like he's going to be that kind of problematic player. I think he and, quite honestly, Michael Pozzetta are players that Montreal has missed for a long time on their rosters. You look at some of the best rosters of the 90s, 80s, and even some of the late 70s, they had those type of players. No, they were not the offensive whiz kids that other players were, but they had a very important role on the team. It doesn't mean they're going to be enforcers, but it means they're going to take care of business that's been neglected, which many people saw countless 
countless games of last year. Again, I'll bring up the Columbus game where Jeff Petrie kind of just basically blew off his goaltender and said, yeah, you got crashed, but you deal with it. Who cares? I don't. I think that type of attitude is a very much thing of the past on the Canadians roster, and I, for one, am happy to see that. Now, regarding the positive stories of the year, I think Cole Caulfield is going to obliterate all the predictions that people are making. Anybody that's made a prediction of him scoring under 41 goals this year, I think, is completely underestimated his ability, giving him a full season with Martin St. Louis. The goal totals that I see for him are 41 on the low end, 46, and very possibly 50 or more. He will be Montreal's next 50 goal scorer, especially with St. Louis as his coach, who will allow him to play and develop to his skills and become the player that he can, which has not happened in Montreal for a long time, as coaches have tried to turn players into something that they're either not or some version or vision that they have for them rather than just utilizing their talents. In addition to Cole Caulfield, I think Nick Suzuki, Kirby Doc, and Arbor Jacki are going to be some of the most positive discussions this year or topics to talk about, as well as turnaround seasons that I see for Brendan Gallagher and Sean Monahan. I think they're both going to have very positive seasons. I think they're both going to be healthy, potentially, for the first time. They may not be part of the injury list. They seem to not only be rejuvenated, but recovered from their injuries for the first time in multiple seasons. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see Gallagher, Monaghan, and Evans combine as a line at some point during the season. They all know each other, although Sean Monahan and Jake Evans know each other to a greater degree because they work out together in the offseason. Sean Monahan also knows Brendan Gallagher, and of course, Brendan Gallagher is also a teammate of Jake Evans. So there is a knowledge of each other there, which I think translates onto the ice as potentially maybe a quicker chemistry. Because although Brendan Gallagher has looked fairly good, with Christian Dvorak and Evgeny Donatov, I think he'd look even better with Monahan and Evans as line mates. And as everybody knows, Brendan Gallagher has been searching for new line mates since Philip Deneau and Thomas Tatar were traded. Now, as great as those will be for positive stories, unfortunately, that also means that there's going to be some stories of negativity or not so positive. And I think the number one area of concern has got to be goaltending. Now, has Carey Price's health situation contributed to how bad that's going to be or how bad that could be? Yes. Is it all his fault? That one's a little hard to believe. With that said, though, I think the Canadians were clearly thinking, even before the new management group, obviously with his previous contract that he signed, that Carey Price was going to be there for a long time, giving them the ability to maybe have a little longer to look for that next heir apparent great goaltender. Unfortunately, in the meantime, Jake Allen, though he has looked the best of the goaltenders during the preseason, is kind of scary. I think it's safe to say he is a placeholder for future goaltenders, especially with the new contract that he signed for two years. His strong points really seem to be the fact that he's a fantastic team player, fantastic mentor, will help bring somebody along in the league and work with them. That being said, outside of that, especially if you look at Sam Maltenbo and Caden Primo, that 
that would be a little bit more concerning. Neither one of which looks like they're ready to step into some type of heir apparent role, which means you have either the goaltenders that Montreal have drafted in the last three drafts and later rounds, or they have a lot of work to do in the 2023 draft, and maybe some of those later round, first round picks can be used on taking a chance on goaltenders, because there's certainly a couple of them to look at this year. There's certainly a couple of them, I think, that are going to be very good NHL goaltenders. I think they'll be diamond in the rough type goaltenders. Will they go high in the draft? Not like Carey Price did at number five overall in 2005, but I think they're going to be solid goaltenders. And I think they're going to be goaltenders that Montreal will be very, very fundamentally happy with and very much secure in moving forward with as they build the team. But goaltending has to be the primary area of concern or potential negativity for stories this year. Now, we mentioned the six centers that the Canadians have. That leads us into the discussion as to what I think will be one of the most exciting things about this season is either a trade situation that occurs throughout the regular season or a mass exodus that occurs at the trade deadline. I think Montreal has probably a longer list of players to trade than just about any other team ever has. Not only this season, but in the history of the league, there are just that many players ready to be traded or that could be traded. Before we get to that, I think one of the other issues that will have to be closely watched this season is the condition of defenseman and now alternate captain, Joel Edmondson. He looks to be headed for a very injury-riddled season as he's already out. If I recall right, he missed all but 25 games last season. And I don't even think he played that many. So that is not good as he was being looked to as not only an assistant or alternate captain, but also as a mentor for a lot of the younger defensemen. So I think Montreal has an entirely new reason to very actively keep an eye on the waiver wire this year. I think Montreal's advantage of having exclusivity to that waiver wire through the month of November might just be very key. Unless some of the younger players who get sent down after training camp have a phenomenal first six weeks in the AHL, but that's risky as obviously you're putting them in an NHL situation with bigger personnel, stronger personnel, and potentially risking injuries to them, which I'm sure the Canadians, with all the decisions and improvements that they've made regarding player development, certainly would not want to see that happen. But back to the players, as far as being traded, that list is incredible. At the very minimal, I would have to say that list includes Jonathan Duran, Mike Hoffman, Joel Armia, Evgeny Donatov, Paul Byron, and honestly, you could add Sean Monahan to that as well. But Sean Monahan, of the players in that group, is part of that group for a different reason. The rest of the players, excluding him for a moment, have just not panned out in Montreal. Without going into a really long explanation, they just haven't worked out. That that's that's their biggest issue. Monahan, on the other hand, could actually have a very productive season, productive enough that it could be more productive than all those other players combined, but he's also very expensive to retain. He's already sitting at six point three million dollars. So if he was to have that kind of recovery season or career season or whatever somebody wants to call it, that could become very very expensive. And being that they already need to sign Cole Caulfield and many others here in the near future, that's going to create a salary cap issue. 
What I'm really looking forward to regarding all those players getting traded is the assets that Montreal can acquire. I don't think any of those players that I mentioned are going to gain significant existing players or roster players from other teams. But I think Montreal can just continue to stockpile draft picks, which could allow them to combine lots of draft picks in a trade and move up in the draft could allow them to go off the board and pick players that could be wild cards and gems, could turn out to be properly ranked in rounds that they were and not thought of as highly. But I think it adds a lot of excitement to future Montreal drafts and potential players that they could get, which there's certainly a lot of room for as to fill in goaltending in particularly, which is always hard to draft and probably more difficult to analyze than any other position of players being drafted. I think that adds an element to drafts and just stockpiling of assets like no other team has ever had the opportunity to do. With that said, that brings up two other players that we haven't talked about yet, Josh Anderson and Christian Dvorak, which have to be some of the most interesting players if you're a coach, whether it be Martin St. Louis, Dominic Ducharme, whoever else has coached them. They are truly interesting players from the perspective of some nights, they look like they are your number one players. You're like, wow, I am so glad we got these guys. Look at what they can do. And most nights, they're ghosts. Most nights, you wonder where they are. They'll have a good game, and then for four, seven, ten or more games in a row, they are nowhere to be found. Nobody even notices them on the ice, which is absolutely bizarre. I think there's an opportunity for those two, potentially with Kirby Doc. Although Gallagher looked really good with Kirby Doc, I think there's a potential for Josh Anderson to be the right wing and Dvorak to be the left wing, which is one of the ways to take care of the logjam of six centers is move Dvorak to the wing. Now, a lot of people would say, ah, but he's one of the better, if not your best defensive face-off percentage winning centers. Maybe, but he's also not consistent. And there's a chemistry between Dvorak and Anderson. And that may help Kirby Doc's development and allow his development to even be quicker than expect. So in addition to that, you also have now Josh Anderson, 6'3", 220 pounds plus. You also have Kirby Doc, 6'4", 212 pounds. You also have Christian Dvorak, 6'1", at 193, approaching 200 pounds. You have a good solid line there as well. So that might be the best utilization of those players up to the trade deadline as well. Because I think those two players are the potentially two that could be moved that could land my Montreal first round picks. The rest of them, I see a combination of second and third round picks and maybe even later round picks than that, depending on how they leverage the players and who they trade them to and what that team's need is and how bad that team needs them. I mean, is that team that they're trading them to need those exact skills? Is that team that they're being traded to injury riddled and they just need that player that badly? That can all work to the advantage of the team that's doing the trading because of the need or escalated need of the teams that they're talking to. This brings us to our final topic for episode 14 this week, and that is the complete mess that Hockey Canada is in. Wow, that is just, that is beyond comprehension. It really is. And although the interim board chairman has talked about how it would be absolutely fatal, basically, to dismantle the organization, I think that's exactly what it needs. It needs to be ripped down completely from the top and rebuilt. And I wouldn't mind seeing 
Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, somebody of that stature, somebody that means that to the game, that's been that pivotal to the sport, be the new head of Hockey Canada. Because Canadian Tire, I think, is going to be one of the first ones to walk away. But I don't think that's going to be the only one by any stretch of the imagination. I think a lot more sponsors are about to bail out on that if something doesn't change radically and quickly. I don't see any other way to address this than just completely ripping apart the organization from the top down. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that wouldn't want to hear that that are involved in Hockey Canada. But let's be honest, what's the most important here in that? That is the players. That is the kids that have put their trust, the parents that have put their trust in the organization. And to say that that trust has been violated would be one of the greatest understatements. I think Aaron Ward has made countless valid points on this. I think he comes at this discussion from a perspective that most don't. And quite honestly, I think even Aaron Ward would have a position if he wanted it in this redesign and rebuilding of Hockey Canada. I think Aaron Ward has a perspective that, honestly, very, very other few people would on this. With that, thank you again for tuning in to episode 14. I'm your host, Stephen Stiles, and I cannot wait to come back with episode 15. And the regular season will have started at that point, and we have just an incredible amount of things to discuss this season and truly one of the most interesting seasons to look forward to in decades.